Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Episode 509. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of First Cast. Joining me on this emergency episode is Project Spurs' John Diaz. John, how you doing, man? I'd be better. If in any other news cycle, like I'd be better. But the mono news is kind of depressing, but I'm also... How many times have I been on for an emergency pod? You're like my go-to guy for emergency <laughs> podcasts. So Spurs Cast listeners, as John just indicated, um, you know, this is obviously... Colin and I had just recorded a Spurs cast five days ago on, on um, August 22nd, but we had kind of mentioned that Manu Ginobili was making that, that uh, decision pretty soon where he was going to decide whether to continue playing uh, in the NBA or, or decide to retire. And he did on Monday, um, what is this, August 27th, he did officially make his announcement uh, via Twitter that he did retire. So like the entire NBA community is kind of coming around. Uh, and, you know, you know, thanking Manu for everything that he taught them and stuff, and everybody's kind of just giving, giving um, you know, him their congratulations, while at the same time, a lot of Spurs fans, you know, the, even just the basketball world in general, media media types, a lot of people were very, almost like sad and depressed, because, I mean, this is like a guy who's been a part of the NBA game for, for a number of years. So, um, real, real quick, John, some of, some of Manu's accolades, um, obviously, you know, there, there's, so, there's so many that he achieved. Um, 16 years in the NBA, 23 professionally. Four-time NBA champion with the Spurs, winning percentage of seventy-two percent, which is the best among all players who have logged a thousand games, according to him, one of the Spurs' PR guys. Uh, he made the All NBA team twice. I mean, considering he was a guy who came off the bench most of his career, he did make the All NBA team twice. He was a Sixth Man of the Year in two thousand eight, and then he made two All Star teams as well during his career. One of his most um, non NBA um, prolific awards was uh, winning the gold medal in two thousand four with Argentina. Uh, that was a huge, um, you know, you know, um, day for for the for the whole country of Argentina for them to to win the gold medal in basketball and st- and you know and for the USA not to finish as as the gold medal team as as they've been dominating over the years. Um, so just real quick, John, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Manu's been a part of my life. He's probably been a part of your life for, you know, for a number of years. For me, it goes all the way back to high school. When, when he first started, he was a rookie. I was still in high school. Uh, what was your just your instant reaction to the news today? Yeah, same for me. Like, I'm a little bit younger than you are. So it was the end of middle school when his rookie year happened. And one of my earliest memories is still seeing him holding up the number six jersey downtown when they introduced him and just thinking, who the hell is this kid think he is taking Avery Johnson's number like that? And the whole uproar behind that, like, that's probably one of my favorite things that, you know, just seeing where he's come, like, maybe he deserves six more than Avery Johnson, <laughs> you know, looking back at it. But it's it's kind of shocking. Like, I, I remembered where I was when Tim retired. I'll definitely remember where I was when Manu retired. And it, it saddens me because I honestly believed he would have retired last summer. And when he signed the two-year deal and Diego Maradona was like, yeah, Manu's going to play two more and then call it quits, I, I was convinced he was coming back. We were two weeks away from training camp. 
I, I was just getting to the point, like, okay, yeah, he doesn't have to make an announcement. He'll be back no matter what. And it's just really startling how much this team has changed in a matter of months. You know, and, and it's, this isn't, like, anything like we've seen with the rest of the NBA, where it's, like, the Golden State Warriors effect driving teams crazy. This is just a dynasty that has been around for over two decades, finally coming to an end and transitioning to a new era. Yeah, and for me, my first thought is, I think I'm still in kind of a denial. I don't think I've accepted it. (laughs) Just because of the fact that, you know, I I hate to say it, but Tim, you could tell he wasn't like in his prime, like he wasn't, he was still effective, but you know, you know, you could tell it's definitely his his best days were past him. Whereas Manu, you know, this thing I talked about Colin is that both statistically and even on the court, you can still see that in spurt minutes, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, he was a very productive player. He could have easily next season come in and been one of the Spurs' key playmakers off the bench. And in fact, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit. It almost looks like they have a hole there. They, they did lose somebody that, that was somebody they could always yeah. rely on every, every night uh, off the bench there. And so for me, I, I think it was just that denial of that. I just saw, you know... It, at, at this level still, even even though he's, he's logged 16 years in the NBA, he's 41 years old now, I just thought that he could still play another one or two more seasons, especially from what we saw on the court. It wasn't like his his play on the court was what's pushing him to retire. Um, this is more so his decision, you know, obviously probably probably more so for his family and maybe he didn't want to, you know, do go through the grind of the NBA anymore. But I think that's why I think I'm still in that, that, that stage of denial where I just don't accept it almost because for me, I think my, my whole going into this summer, I was almost sure he was going to come back. I was very confident that he would come back. And I, I, I had even been saying that in previous Spurs cast. And, and again, just wait, uh, based on the body of work that he had put forward this past season. Uh, but then, of course, as I think we got, I, I think I've kind of accepted a little bit more uh, mentally as as the weeks went on, especially last week when Woj put out that um, you know he's 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 uh, considering retirement, like strongly considering retirement. When that when that those words finally come out, that kind of shows that he, and especially when you look at the the, the reality here, it's only like three weeks away from training camp. And the yeah. guy hasn't made a decision yet. I think that's when I started thinking, oh man, he actually might retire. This might actually be it. And so um, this is obviously the news. Like like you mentioned, you know, for me it was uh, I was in high school when I, I think I was a junior, senior, and when he first made um, you know oh three that that his rookie year, uh, and you know he he became obviously one of my favorite players on the Spurs, and then just you know as I try to get away from that Spurs bias, just overall in the league, I mean the guy's just been an incredible athlete and um, you know champion. Uh, let's just go through, you know, when you think of the name Manu Ginobili, what are some of your favorite memories that come to mind? Uh, starting at the top, honestly, uh, him winning the gold medal. I remember watching that and That's just thinking, it, yeah, it, it was kind of just crazy how how bad USA basketball was at that point. But seeing him win was just kind of like, it, it was comforting. It was comforting to know that the Spurs had this guy and just seeing the golden era of Argentinian basketball. Probably my favorite moment, and I remember because I was at work. I used to work at North Star Mall at this little sports store. And we were watching the Spurs uh, Spurs Suns game one in 2008 when Timmy hit the, the bank shot three and they went into double OT and just watching him go left and just float in midair and throwing up that game-winning layup, that, that one always stuck to me because it was just... I, I thought 2008 was probably the, the best chance the Spurs had to repeat. And watching that first game, I was sold that the Spurs were going to do it that year, that we were finally going to get off this. The Spurs never repeated after any championship thing and... Of course, it didn't happen, but that one just, I guess it was just super personal for me. I don't know why I can't pinpoint it, and it's one of those things, like you said, like, I'm still in denial that this is happening. Everything is just a blur from his career outside of, like, him slapping the bat out of midair. So I'm just at a point where it's like, I I can't think of one significant thing outside of, like, the hearted block, and good lord, and maybe, like, him breaking his elbow and then coming back against the Grizzlies in in 2011 sticks in my head. Yeah. 
it's just those little things, but you know, over time we'll probably editorialize them and and do it properly. But it it's just kind of like coming to grips with your own mortality right now. Yeah, and I think I was like this when Tim Duncan retired too, where I, I wasn't really. I, I remember <laughs> I was in Vegas because I was at summer league at that point, um, and I woke up and he had, and he had, he just did that that bland press statement. You know, Timmy didn't definitely <laughs> do did as much as Manu did here. Uh, he's like, okay, I'm done. Like you know, just press statement. I'm, uh, Tim Duncan's retired from basketball. That's it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite memories that comes to mind is always that uh, that Bill Shoning clip from the 2007 championship uh, against Cleveland, where he said, uh, "Mono, you know, you do the voodoo." Like what, he said, like, yeah. uh, "Only you the do the voodoo, voodoo that like, you do." Yeah, yeah that you do so well. So that's always been one of my favorite go-to lines when I think about Manu. And then also his passes. I mean, just that one bullet pass he had to Matt Bonner a few years ago. Uh, and then that one, that one of my favorites. I used to have it saved in my likes on Twitter, which is like my bookmarks. Uh, that one against in 2012 against Oklahoma City where he like goes uh, baseline like it's like the hammer play and he throws that that like spiral like um, yes. sidearm pass to Danny Green it's almost like literally like time stops as that ball's floating to Danny's hands Danny catches in the corner and then he um he makes a three I remember a few years ago um, I was just going through some old plays of Manu uh, and and I looked up 2011 which is Kawhi's rookie year or 2012 should I say. And uh, Kawhi's first made corner three was a behind the back bounce pass against Memphis from Monty. It was it was insane. I'm like it's like welcome to the league. Um, you know those kind of plays. Obviously the Euro step was huge. You know just me as a pickup basketball player that I like playing. You know with my friends and stuff in the gym and stuff. That's something that I like to incorporate. And that was obviously all Monty right there where that inspiration came from. I think one of the other th- cool things was um you know the pressure three pointers and free throws he 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 always made for the, for the Spurs when he was um, like one of their go to guys with, t- with Tony and Tim. And then I think what's interesting is the way that he kind of morphed his career, like just, just even like, I think it was last season or two seasons ago, I was just going through old YouTube clips of like, oh, five Manu, oh, seven Manu. I mean, the guy is like, his speed level is just insane. The way he can get around people and pick and roll and kind of just dart through, dart through um, traffic to get to the rim. And it's almost like he had these different phases of his, his career of being like that go-to primary score type player, then being that guy who, who like the, the, the younger players relied on that veteran presence who could kind of keep the offense moving for pop when he came off the bench is what we saw these, these last few years. Um, what else did you have to? Did you want to add up regarding Manu? Another one is the the uh, the three pointer he hit against the Warriors when they made that massive comeback when Richard Jefferson completely forgot Manu was sitting oh, twenty yeah, feet yeah. behind him. That that's probably one of my favorites. Um, God, man, uh, there's just so many, and it's it just he had his own flair and own personality, and being that that Spanish star in such a you know Hispanic market, it, it, it's just incredible what he was able to accomplish and. And his worldly accolades, like I, we've always seen people that debate, like, oh yeah, he's not really a Hall of Famer, and it's like you need to look at that resume <laughs> from from sixteen on. Like he he just dominated basketball in three different countries over the course of his entire career. Like you can't say that man's not a Hall of Famer. Um, I know there's probably more I'll probably get into later and start crying about and posting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like I, I think we we're doing as much as we can right now with such a such devastating news so just late into the into the summer already it's just kind of taking us off guard yeah i mean i think that i think that's why i feel too i just it's almost like we haven't kind of accepted it yet and i think it'll it'll hit once uh you know especially once the season starts when especially like for me that i that i work in the media i mean that, that when i go to the media games the as a media member should i say manu's usually there he's usually one of our go-to interviewers uh, that that the uh, Spurs PR department gives us just because he's a, he's a really good communicator, always gives really good, thoughtful, you know, honest answers. A lot of times he will say, you know, we're playing really badly right now. This is what's going on, 
and, and he's honest, honestly, with, with even with the reporters. And I think that's what's going to hit is when you look to the left side of the locker room and, and his jersey's not up there, um, you know, his name tag's not up there, Manu. And then even like Tony Parker's gone now too. It's going to be it's going to be a different season. I think also the moments that when you're going to realize it is when you look at the bench and you know how he likes to sit before you know the introductions happen. And he likes to do that thing where he jumps up and taps the, the back of the backboard. Yeah, that's something <laughs> that you're not going to see anymore. I mean, there's going to be I think I think as as the the season starts. Um, I think, and, and, you know, training camp starts and stuff, and we start watching the games. I think that's when it's going to really hit that, oh, man, here comes the six-minute mark of the first quarter. Guess who's not coming in finally? It's, it's Manu. Like, that's going to be incredible that that, that that player is not there, this guy. that you Like like you said, you and I have basically been watching since since we were kids in that Spurs uh, rotation. So, um, you know, obviously, Spurscast listeners, you all are, are probably having some an emotional day today, you know, learning about Manu, uh, one of the guys, you know, along with Tim Duncan just two years ago, and then also Tony Parker just – uh, left over the summer, even though you'll still get to see Tony, he's obviously out of the Spurs jersey too. So it's been an, an eventful um, summer for the Spurs. Uh, you know, it just continues now with this news that Manu is retiring. Um, you know, John, I was looking at their at their roster, and, and the the player with the longest longevity now on the roster is Patty Mills, 2011 2012. That's he's like he was, he's the guy who's been on the on the team the longest, and the only member left of that 14 championship was uh, is Patty, and obviously Marco came back, but you know he has a bit with the Spurs this whole time. And and it's kind of crazy that you know it's Lamarcus Aldridge after that, like yeah, it's that's kind of like just disconcerting. Um, but the, you know that's that's the state of the NBA. The NBA changes really fast, and the Spurs have been lucky enough to have that kind of consistency for however many years. You know, fifteen, sixteen years of these guys playing all together. We've been kind of spoiled in that sense. You know, not not a lot of franchises can say that in their history, let alone the Spurs can say that about five different guys. Yeah, I mean, going back to Gervin. So it's like, come on. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's almost like that, you know, the way the Spurs fans, especially the younger ones, like think about like a 16 year old kid today. He's grown up or, or she he or she has grown up their whole life knowing that Manu Ginobili has been part of their team. They've grown up. If you're a 21 year old or 20 year old, you, you've grown up knowing that the Spurs are going to win, um, you know, be a winning uh, team every, every year. So it's crazy. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, the longevity that these guys have definitely put um, um, on the um, on the team and, and this foundation here in San Antonio. Uh, so, so now that obviously Manu has retired, but, um, you know, the Spurs are obviously, they're going to keep going on, um, you know, as a business, as a team, they got to continue going, going forward. They have another season. Like you mentioned, John, they have still 13 players on this roster and pop and, and RC need to get them ready for, for another competitive season. So, um, a few hours after Manu, um, did, did announce his retirement, the Spurs did have to go on with business. Uh, they have announced that uh, that uh, not they haven't announced, but uh, a few reporters announced that uh, the Spurs and Quincy Pondexter, an unrestricted free agent, have agreed to an um, a one year partially guaranteed deal, most likely the veteran minimum, uh, uh, for him to join the team. So he'll basically take up the 14th roster spot. Uh, but again, it is partially guaranteed. So we don't know if this is a situation where he needs to try to make the the, the roster during training camp uh, or during the preseason, or if it's something where it goes all the way to to January 10th. Uh, so just some some background information on Pondexter. Uh, he's a six seven outside shooter who plays uh, mainly the three or four. He's ha- he's had a bit of an injury history lately. Uh, you know he's had he's had he's coming off a left knee injury. He also had some sort of skin infection as well recently. Uh, he did play in twenty three games with the Chicago Bulls last year before they waived him. And so um, you know according to the reporting, he's fully healthy. So I, I think this is more so of a chance for the Spurs to get some depth at the wing while seeing if this guy's uh, healthy. What do you think about the Pondexter signing that's going to be coming? At, at first, it was really uninspiring for me uh, when I sort of delve, uh, delve deeper. You, because, you know, I, I figured Shabazz Muhammad, Jamal Crawford are still out there. We can use that as a stopgap, especially someone like Jamal, who's friends with DeJounte Murray and has been a mentor to him. And then I, I started looking a little deeper 
it, it's funny because I felt the same way about the Dante Cunningham signing until I started looking, you know, back at the numbers and stuff. And these two were teammates with the Pelicans in yeah, 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of interesting. He's a really good 3 and D guy if he's healthy. And it, it's kind of hard to see him healthy when he's had three surgeries on his knee. He's had a foot injury. But and, and the staph infection that he had from taking a cadaver cartilage into his knee. So Yikes. that that kind of stuff is, is a little frightening. But uh, if, if you look at his numbers from, from 2014-15, which you would, I guess you could call it his career year, he's another one just like Dante Cunningham, a great corner three-point shooter. He was maybe about 3 to 5% above league average from the corners. And he seems to have a decent passing ability, and he's a good locker room presence. If you go back and look at some of the stuff from the Pelicans, they voted him as teammate of the year for their locker room, and that's one of those things where Anthony Davis loved him and stuff like that. Um, also, the whole fact that he's he's only 30. He, he's younger yeah. than Danny Green, so if he can prove to bounce back in some sort of way, maybe it could be a, a decent signing, and it's only partially guaranteed. So if they want to go chase someone else or give those nerds to, Der- to Derek White, they can. Like Chicago did it last year. They didn't waive him because of an ineffectiveness. It's just, hey, you're not going to play a lot. We're in a rebuild mode. We don't have a spot for you. You, you just have to go. So he's he's got something to prove. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah, one of the, one of the seasons where I remember he was kind of breaking out was a, a year in the playoffs. Remember against the Spurs? I think he was with the Grizzlies at one time. And they, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, they had a few players go down due to injury. And he, and he showed up and started hitting some threes for them. So that's where I remember seeing my first glimpse of Pondexter. And that's a good point by you bringing up the part, you know, his age, he's only 30, he's only spent six seasons in the league. And obviously it's been the injuries that have, that have hindered his, 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 uh, his professional career. But if he can bounce back and show that he's fully healthy, he can be a really good three and D player for the Spurs off the bench. Um, you know, this isn't really on our agenda, John, but I did want to talk about this. I mean, you mentioned one of the guys there, Derek White with Manu gone. I mean, just looking at basketball, the Spurs do have a hold there. Like I mentioned about a guy that pop can rely on to create some offense, keep some composure, uh, in those, you know, those spurts, that 18 to 20 minute spurt, um, you know, off the bench, and w- which is what Manu was doing there. And they have some guys that might be able to take that, uh, be able to do that. And, and Derek White, uh, you might look at a guy like Lonnie Walker, the fourth, maybe Marco Bellinelli. He's not as uh, diverse in the pick and roll as those other two players can be, you know, it, it, when, you, when you're comparing them to Manu, basically. So so what do you think uh, this, this Manu decision um, is going to have, the kind of impact it's going to have on these younger players like Lonnie Walker and uh, Derek White? I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with the starting lineup because you replaced Kawhi with Demar, who's a shooting guard, natural shooting guard, and I don't think you really want to move him out of position too much. So, do you insert Rudy? Do you insert Demar at small forward and maybe add Patty next to him? It, it, there's so much. You know, it's kind of funny how we went from you know this team has a whole glut of guards to now we're kind of like, wait a minute, they've got a hole at the guards roster at yeah. the roster spot. Um, the first, my initial reaction was Lonnie Walker is going to get a ton of minutes, and I've been kind of warming up to that idea that this is a lottery level talent. Maybe the Spurs should try to go out there and kind of fast track his development, but that's the very that's a very unSpurs like thing to do. So, I, maybe Bryn Forbes takes a, a bunch of those minutes, or maybe you move Patty to to the two and Demar to the three, and kind of hope Derek White figures it out. But you're trusting a lot into these guys, and luckily you have Marco in there to play the stopgap, and maybe. Pondexter does something with that spot too. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things you brought up there was um uh was regarding uh who was it Walker the fourth was that I you know based on his on his summer league performance I didn't I think Pop will give him the usual Spurs rookie treatment hey you're going to Austin back and forth here and there 
But now it looks like with just the, with just the amount of guys that are off this team now and the positions that are open there, I do feel like he's going to get that Kawhi treatment in 2011 when Kawhi actually got you know real minutes early on in the season and Pop eventually gave him a starting spot. Now I don't know if Lonnie will ever go up to the starting two spot, but I definitely that 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 spot is in play. I think that initially they're going to give it to Marco just to give the spacing of the starting lineup with Murray and, and DeRozan. But then I think as the season goes on, if, if either White or Walker plays very well, I could see Pop you know, doing that Kawhi thing from a few years ago and giving, giving one of those two guys the starting spot. And then, of course, whoever's not getting that spot might become like that, that play, player who takes the six-man rotation spot of, of what Manu's kind of leaving behind. Um, yeah, so, so thanks again, John, for, uh, for joining me for SpursCast episode 509. I know it was an emergency. <laughs> You're my go-to guy for emergency <laughs> SpursCast. Um, you know, so, so thanks again. I mean, we'll, we'll, maybe it'll finally hit us, you know, once, um, you know, once, once, once a few, few more days pass that we're realizing, Hey, Manu's not coming. You know what, you know what it might hit me actually, uh, February, I mean, uh, September 11th, uh, when NBA 2K19 comes out, maybe, you know, oh, I, get man, this, yeah. I, I get the Spurs <laughs> roster, Manu's not on there finally. Cause even on the video games, I'm so used to him coming whenever I play with the Spurs, I'm so used to him coming in, uh, midway through the first quarter. And then like, you know, he's just my guy yeah. who can easily run, pick and roll. So maybe even in video, the video game world, we might kind of start, finally start like, uh, feeling that he's not going to be back with the Spurs. We're going to need those historic teams for 2K to come in and hopefully put on like a 2014 roster because, I mean, it's been long overdue. The Spurs have only had one historic team on that game for a while. So. Oh, yeah, especially yeah, especially that, that beautiful game team that they had there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, so thanks again, man, for joining me. Uh, Spurs Cast listeners, if you're on Twitter, please follow John at ByJohnDiaz. Again, that's at ByJohnDiaz. Continue to read his work over at ProjectSpurs.com. Thank you. Have a great day. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.